Hello, Ds of all sizes. It's me, Miranda. I'm so excited to share this chat with you. It's a fun one. In this interview, I'm talking to Lindsay Kent from Pop Up Chapel and Mad Bash Group, getting the tea on wedding planning, whether it's your first or second time around. Before I introduce Lindsay, I want to share a conversation with permission that I had with my wedding photographer that inspired this. So this happened in my Instagram DMs, and I'll, I'll be quoting from it. And my wedding photographer and I are still connected on social media, mostly so I can fangirl her absolutely stunning photography, like weekly, my jaw drops. And uh, because I also genuinely like her as a person, truly, I think she is the best wedding photographer in Toronto. Her name is Angie Choi, and you can find her on Instagram at IkaPhoto. I'll put the link in the show notes. If I get married again, I will do so only if I can afford her. Otherwise, no wedding off the table. So anyways, two months ago, I hopped on that Instagram TikTok trend, the teenage dirtbag one, where you post a glowed up picture of yourself now and then pictures where you're way more awkward in your teen years. I was inspired by Sarah Nicole Landry, aka The Bird's Papaya, who did one with all her photos as a teen bride and because I was also a teen bride. Okay, well, actually, I was 20. I made one. And let me just say, it is the most popular reel that I have on Instagram. Anyways, along with 20,000 other people, Angie saw it and all the wedding photos that she had taken, uh, which, of course, I included in the reel. And she responded to the reel, I'm triggered by these photos. I think, like, half serious, half joking, you know? She said, I love you, Miranda. Sad, but happy you found yourself. Life is hard, but watching you do life is beautiful. It's always sad for me to hear when couples break up, but that's life. I'm so glad you're at peace with it. Which was funny, but also really touching for me to hear. Like a lump in my throat kind of message to get. You know, to be seen by someone that you admire a lot and was a big part of that day that moment in, in my life. And it really got me thinking about what it's like for vendors. It's so intimate. As a photographer, planner, or officiant, you power bond with a couple and you're invested in this hugely significant moment in their lives, then you're out. It's a bit bizarre. The industry as a whole is such a turnoff to me but I love weddings and so many of the incredible people in the industry who make it beautiful. Okay, so now about our industry insider, Lindsay Kent. Lindsay is a multi-passionate creative entrepreneur whose work spans weddings, events, content creation, art, design, music, and more. She was even a wedding singer. She is the founder of two six-figure businesses, Mad Bash Group, under which she has designed and planned hundreds of weddings and events, 
and the Pop-Up Chapel Co., a shared wedding concept marrying 10 couples in one day in a sustainable, inclusive alternative to City Hall. Her background of experience is eclectic, from traveling North America in a touring band to hosting two TV shows, post my party and crazy beautiful weddings, to dropping out of university twice, which makes her an honest, gritty, and hardworking business owner, and to be honest, just so much fun to interview. Lindsay is considered an active leader in redefining and modernizing the wedding space and is consistently called upon by publications for advice and commentary, like me. An avid traveler, lover of vintage and reading, she is a mom of two, Archie and Lewis, as well as wife to Andrew. She considers family to be her life's most important work, which, like me too, I love this for us. My first question is, what's our meet cute? Which is, how did okay. we meet? Yes. Um, so, I mean, we never officially met. Like, we've only met, like, basically through social media. But honestly, like, I kind of forget what happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was served an ad from Pop-Up Chapel. That's right. Which I then posted about to my stories and tagged you because I thought it was so funny that I, my big D pod Instagram account was being served a like ad for a wedding vendor. <laughs> yeah, but well, obviously, so Pop-Up Chapel does ads all the time, right? Because yeah. we're, it's part of our marketing strategy, paid ads on Instagram and, and Facebook. Um, and obviously, like, the, I think, like, the ad algorithm is not flawless in that they don't know that your account is about divorce. Like, they they just see, like, oh, it's run by a woman in this age range and, like, yeah. you know, some of the interests or maybe some of the words that are used on your your platform are, like, weddings. Oh. So you get served this ad. And in, in a way, I remember thinking, like, you tagged this in it and I remember being like, this is funny. But also, it's kind of, like, realistic because like you probably have a lot of followers who have had divorces and are maybe into their second relationships and like some of our clientele with pop-up chapel are on to maybe second marriages or third marriages and the way that they're approaching the wedding is very different so i was like well technically like the algorithm's not wrong our target market may be in their following <laughs> yeah so exactly I thought it was kind of ironic yeah it, it was funny it was perfect and I have had listeners DM me and talk to me about like, okay, but can we talk about like falling in love again? Can we talk about what it's like to get married a second time? Like when are those episodes coming out? So you're totally right. It's like, I it's on people's minds. There's totally a crossover. People have asked me too, a common question I get is, you know, like, do you still believe in love? Like, would you get married again? My answer is yes, but yeah, uh, it's a big topic. So absolutely. Um, I'm curious, do you have a breakup story or a love story that you would like to share? I mean, I have both. I have, you know, I what I think is really interesting about my journey with the relationships is that it's, you know, I, I was... I was with someone when I was in my very late teens, early 20s, that I was convinced that I was going to be with for the rest of my life. And we spent three years together and our relationship was incredibly tumultuous. 
as often they are at that time in our life. But I was convinced, absolutely convinced that I was going to be with this person for the rest of my life. And, and I laugh at it now because like, had I stayed with that person, my life would look entirely different. And I would be an entirely different human being, likely not having achieved half of the things that I've achieved in my life. And really, the funny thing about that relationship is that it never really properly ended. Like we never really properly broke up. We were just like in one of our off again moments. And I went out to the bar and I met my husband, my now husband, who I've been with for well, it will be 17 years this March. And um, and so like, I don't know, like I just, I kind of don't love the, like I, I feel like what we see in like movies and what we read in books and whatnot is like there, everything has a very clean end and a, and a new beginning. My relationships were never like that. I was kind of a serial monogamous. I always kind of had somebody that I was with romantically like since I basically understood what that was. And and then, you know, I met my husband and we were together ever since. And there was never an end or a beginning for me or like a clear moment where I was broken up with someone or a clear moment when a relationship began. So, yeah, I feel like my breakup and relationship story, they're sort of unremarkable in the sense that I felt like I was always just fumbling towards whatever was right for me. Hmm. Yeah. I think that that that's such an accurate reflection on what real life is like compared to these journeys in movies. Yeah, like even within my relationship, like even once I met my husband and, you know, I say we've been together for 17 years, but that's not without challenges. And there were many, many, many times like within that relationship where I wasn't sure if it was the right one or if we were the right fit and where I was still fumbling towards like what was right for me within that relationship so yeah I mean mm. that's kind of a non-answer isn't it yeah. <laughs> that's a, it is it's a good answer it's a true answer so let's talk a little bit about what it is that you do and how you got there what was your journey to getting to where you are now yeah, so I run two businesses. Um, one is called the Pop-Up Chapel Co., which is a shared wedding concept that marries 10 couples in one day, one couple on the hour, every hour for 10 hours straight. And we are a sustainable and socially conscious and more affordable alternative to, say, eloping at City Hall. So that's one. The other is Mad Bash Group, and we are a creative agency that focuses on planning weddings and events and brand activations. With Mad Bash Group, our weddings tend to be more in the luxury adjacent category. So for clients who have larger budgets and who want to focus on really eye-catching design and cool experiences for their guests. So those are the two businesses that I run. And I've been in the wedding and event industry since I was 16 years old. Um, I started as a singer and I started singing in bands that did corporate events and weddings and resorts and that kind of thing. And so I just sort of grew up in the event industry. I grew up in, you know, the industry of celebration, essentially. And I came at it from an entertainment perspective, making music and singing. And eventually I moved to stage management and entertainment coordination and production. And then eventually into event planning and event production. And then finally into weddings. And so I've been in this space for the majority of my life. 
And I always find it really interesting because I, I worked in the wedding industry and I fell into the wedding industry and I was very passionate about the wedding industry before I even knew what I thought about weddings in general or before I could even critically think about, you know, what marriage meant to me or what a wedding meant to me. It was just like, this is where I work and this is what I do and this is how I make money and support myself. But only later in my life did I really have to critically think about what what do I do? What am I doing? <laughs> what sort of um, societal traditions am, am I supporting? And, you know, what is my own take on what marriage and weddings mean to me in my life and, and to society as a whole? Um, yeah. So that's the background. Yeah. So how did you answer those questions for yourself? Like figuring out how you felt about weddings and how do you integrate that into your business? So, I mean, you know, I think there's like a personal answer to that question and there's a professional answer to that question. And the personal answer to that question would be that I don't actually think that there is one version of marriage that is the best version. Like, mm. I think obviously, obviously marriage is really important to humans because it's a massive part of our cultural fabric. And like, no matter where you come from in the world, there is likely some iteration of marriage that seems to prevail in the, you know, um, in in the prescribed normal life that you might uh, aspire towards. And while it may look different everywhere, it is consistent that, you know, two people get married and share their life together. So it's obviously important, but I think that there is no one size fits all when it comes to what marriage means. And I think that there are a million ways to do it. A lot of the more traditional rules around marriage may not work for couples today. And I celebrate that for each and every couple. I know couples who thrive in a very traditional monogamous marriage. I know couples that thrive in a very alternative non-monogamous marriage and are both living really beautiful happy lives. I know people who are in traditional marriages who are not. So I think that there's just like, it would be, it's ignorant and naive for anyone to believe that they know the exact way that a marriage should work for anyone. So I just think that it, like personally, my answer is that you got to discover what parts of a marriage you really need and work on those and, and make it work for who you are, you and your partner. Professionally, when I really started to look at what marriage is and what weddings are, I felt that, you know, after, I would say probably after about 10 years of being in the industry, I felt like there was a massive disconnect for me in that the wedding wasn't really like reflective of the kind of marriage that a couple wanted to live every day. Like a wedding is a celebration of the beginning of a marriage, right? And I think that what I started to realize about 10 years into my career was that the way that we were sort of approaching weddings in a professional sense with these couples was very much like determined by a list of things to do that you found on the internet, you know, boxes that you needed to check in order to have a wedding according to how the internet said weddings work. And I didn't feel like A, that really set any sort of great foundation for the beginning of a marriage. And B, it didn't really feel genuine or authentic to like a lot of the couples that were walking in our door looking for help. And so a couple things came out of that. One, 
our wedding planning philosophy with Mad Bash Group is very much like throw the handbook in the garbage. Like you don't really give a shit what people say weddings should be. Let's really think about like who you are as people, what kind of experience you want your guests to have and what sort of foundation of joy you'd like to build your marriage on. Let's let's plan a wedding that's reflective of that. And so that philosophy came out of, you know, looking at that. And then the second amazing thing that came out of it was the Pop of Chapel Co. I felt like the wedding industry needed a space for more affordable weddings that were still beautiful. It needed a very inclusive option for couples that didn't look like, you know, your your white cis heterosexual couple. Like it needed something where any couple who looked like anything could feel like this was a place to celebrate their relationship. Weddings, in my opinion, can often be incredibly wasteful and, you know, don't really have a connection to like the community like they did in the past. And so for me, I sort of answered all of those issues with iterating to the pop-up chapel co and giving people something that was affordable, something that was socially connected to a bigger purpose, something that was sustainable and something where anybody who from any background or sexual orientation or a gender identity could see themselves. When I really looked at it critically, I was like, it really changed the way that I run my businesses and actually created the public chapel code. Yeah. When I was looking at your website, I was so specifically the pop-up chapel website. I was so struck by how front and center that part of the business was the sustainability, the inclusiveness. And I loved to the charities that you picked. I was impressed because I, I've worked in the charitable sector for a while. And usually companies pick just like run of the mill organizations that are really predictable and honestly have enough money. But you did a really good job picking your charities. And I was like, yes, these are really solid Toronto organizations. And I love that couples have an opportunity for a portion of the the cost of the wedding to to go to a nonprofit. It's really another wonderful part of the business model that you created. Well, like what I think is really interesting about that is that for me, when I started the business, I was like, you know, I feel like what I do, like how am I contributing to my community? How am I using my talents to make a difference in this world? Like, am I just planning these elaborate parties for like really rich people and you know like what is that like what good is that doing like aside from the joy that it creates which we can't ignore is important like Mm -hmm. what else am I doing for the world and so when when I thought about the pop-up chapel and we were like well let's make sure that like part of our values is that $300 from the sale of every chapel spot sold goes to a local charity That was really important to me at the beginning. But then I realized how important it was to the couples who came and booked spots with us because they too were like, we want to build the foundation of our marriage on something that means something or we want to use our wedding to contribute to a greater purpose. And when you say that you like the charity that we've chosen, Mm. A, thank you. But B, it was for us, like, how can we... Like, how can we pick organizations that are like at the community level Mm -hmm. that will actually benefit from this? But also my team and I, we will talk every year. What causes do we want to support this year? What things we're thinking on that, you know, we feel like we want to contribute to? And 
a lot of those times, those causes are really just at the community level. They're not yet massively supported, right? So, yeah, yeah. Um, so touching on what you said about the joy that you're creating in communities, what is it like working in an industry that relies entirely on like suspension of disbelief and hope and idealism? Yeah, I mean, that's an amazing question. What I think is amazing about what we do on a day-to-day basis with weddings is that we we get to see, like we as the vendors and we as the people in the businesses that work in these spaces, we feed off that joy and we feed off that positivity. So I think for us, like it does give us a sense of purpose. It does give give us a sense of like, what we're doing is important. What we're doing is creating really good moments for people because like, let's face it, there's a lot of shitty things going on in the world and people are going through hard times. And like, you know, as realistic as those hard times are, it just makes those joyful times much more important because it's, it's like that, you know, it's pleasure and joy and love and excitement that fills us up and lets us be able to weather the hard times better. So I feel like for us, it gives us a really strong sense of positivity and purpose and like we're doing something good. You know, on the other hand, I think what's challenging is that these weddings in general, they come with a lot of emotional baggage. There's like a lot of pressure on this moment in your life to be the biggest, most joyful incredible experience where you just feel so perfect and alive and like <laughs> a lot of that is like a lot of that is is fiction you know like a lot of that is shit that we've learned from disney movies and you know love actually okay and love that fucking movie but like let's be honest like all those all those things like the notebook you know yeah um, <laughs> it was never over uh, like all that shit, like it's like all that's what teaches us to believe like this moment is like falling in love is getting married is going to be like the best day of your life. It it puts so much pressure on these couples and creates a lot of emotional baggage. Um, So that's challenging. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, that's really challenging because you as the vendors, you are managing couples expectations through um what can be an expensive endeavor or you know you're managing their expectation like through this really emotionally charged time in their life and a lot of the time those emotions kind of get projected onto us right and like if Mm -hmm. they get let down if they if something doesn't meet their ideals if they can't afford the thing that they thought they wanted or needed and they have to let it go like whose fault is that you know and it's like sometimes it's not ours at all but like sometimes it's projected as being our fault and so it can be there's a lot of handholding you know there's a lot of there's a lot of like i'm i'm hired professionally to do this job for you because it is what i do professionally but like in a weird way i'm also like your hired therapist and best friend as we let go of what some of you know as we let go of some of our ideals or what we thought this would be for what it really is going to be, mm-hmm. you know, so that that's tough. That can be hard and also draining. And the older I get, the easier it gets for me to find tactful and honest ways to have those conversations with my clients, because 
the more perspective I personally get on my life. And, you know, for a lot of our clients, 90% of our clients, it's their first time getting married. Some of them are younger and don't have maybe the same perspective all of the time. So not only am I able to have more honest, clear, realistic conversations with people, but I do also have to find it in my, I say this with so much love. I do also have to find it in my heart and soul to remember to say those things with compassion and empathy because it doesn't, it may not mean that much to me anymore. And I have to remember that it means a lot to people, to those people. Mm. Yeah. Does that make sense? Absolutely. That makes sense. I, I definitely understand that like going through a divorce has given me a lot of wonderful, helpful perspective on what matters and what does not matter in a relationship. And that applies to weddings too. You know, I've got some friends who are getting married and, you know, they're getting all kinds of input opinions on what they should do with their wedding. And I'm just like a broken record. That stuff doesn't matter. Like that stuff doesn't matter. Don't listen to them. Do only what you want to do. Totally. Um, yeah. And it's like, it's hard to be in that spot, right? Like it's hard. And like for someone who's, you know, myself and my staff, we've witnessed literally hundreds of couples in that position. And it's like, girl, let me tell you, this doesn't matter. You will not give a shit about this the next day, but that is not the way that I can deliver the message. No, I wish I could. <laughs> I wish I could just be like, you, this doesn't matter. Like no one will fucking care. But like to them, it matters in that moment. And so yeah. you have to be like, let's look at this from both sides. Like, you yeah. know, like, can we afford it? Like, what's it going to give you from a emotional perspective? Like, why do you need this? Like, so it takes a lot of energy to just be like, to go through that with people, to have those like sort of critical conversations when the event is incredibly emotionally charged. Yeah, We have a corporate client. They're like, this is our budget. These are our strategic goals. Please make it happen. And you're like, got it. I have way less time, but no one's going to cry over this. You know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. it's it's different. Yeah. So specifically in relation to your dynamic with your clients, do you form an attachment of some kind to them? Sometimes. How how do you manage that? Yeah. Over the years, there have been clients that have become really good friends. Like, for example, um, in 2014, I planned a wedding for this couple, Amanda and Nick. And they are actually now, Amanda is literally now my best friend. Sometimes you just can't help it. Like you just find your people and you click. And like, you know, when I was working for them, I knew I liked them a lot. I found Nick really intimidating, which is laughable now. <laughs> um, because he's like, you know, literally they're like our best friends. And, um, but like, you know, when you're, when I'm working with a client and I know a lot of my staff are the same, like, you are able to kind of, you have to create those boundaries for yourself to protect your own emotional well-being, but also to protect your time, your energy, and to create that really professional client planner relationship. But afterward, that's when I find like, it's like, you just know that somebody's going to stick around because you just can't stop talking to each other, like can't stop texting each other. So they've become really close friends. I've got another, I would say two other couples that I've become really good friends with. But other than that, like most of them, I don't see or, you know, speak to again. And not negatively. It's just like the relationship ends and it was a professional relationship and it was great. And you move on. Of course. 
So then how does it feel when you find out that couples break up? Um, it's always sad, you know, like you see couples at the height, most often at the height of their happiness, mm-hmm. most often. And I say most often because there are some situations where I'm like, girl, run or like, yo, get out of there. And it's rare, but I have seen it. And, and also weddings do not become everyone, you know, like there are times where I'm like, I don't think that they are like this normal. I think that the stress of weddings is making them like this. And like, and I feel for people in that time, because like I said, there's tons of pressure for this to be this like big magical thing. And so I really feel for people because I don't think everybody is their best self under that pressure all of the time. But the thing is, like, we don't often know which of our couples have made it and which ones have broken up. I know of three of our couples who've gone through a divorce since getting married. Um, And I would say two of the three were shocking. Who knows? Like, you just don't know where our couples are at. And actually, shockingly, like, the divorces happen relatively quickly after the marriage for the ones that I, I know of. But we just don't. We just aren't privy to that knowledge. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they don't, they just don't pick up the song called The Wedding Planner. Like, <laughs> hey, remember that? Remember that $100,000 wedding you, you planned? Haha, <laughs> we broke up. Like they just do not call you, you know? Yeah. Um, but when I do hear about it, it is sad because you just, you do most often see people in the height of their happiness mm. and love for one another. Yeah. Yeah. It's just that snapshot of that particular moment in time. Do you notice a difference in the approach to planning the wedding or like just the values of the wedding itself if it's someone's second? Totally. Or or third or, or fourth? Absolutely. Well, first of all, like it's rare on the Mad Bash side that we'll plan a second wedding because a lot of the time they're simplifying. Um, so with the pop of chapel co, we do get a lot of couples who this is their second marriage and they're looking for something like more, a, a more simple way to have a meaningful exchange, right? So they still want to have those vows. They want it to mean something, but they don't need all the pomp and circumstance that goes along with it because they think for them, they've really narrowed in on, well, what's the most important thing that's happening here? It's the exchange of vows and it's that ceremonial moment where, we say in front of each other and in front of probably like our closest family and friends what our intentions are to be together for the rest of our life or whatever so there's that and there's also just like I often find if it's like one person's first wedding and the other person's second wedding the person who it's their first wedding they do all the heavy lifting and the person that it's their second wedding will be like I'm only doing this for them. That's been my experience in that in that scenario because it's like they just don't. Once you've done it once, it seems like the general consensus is you don't need to do it again. Although I would, <laughs> like, like honestly, I'm not getting divorced and I and I have no intention to. But like, if I ever did, I'd want to get married again and I'd want to have like a a bomb wedding because I love it. Like, I love the party, you know. Yeah. I just love weddings. They're so fun. Yeah. Right. But I also understand that a lot of people do not love big parties. 
or even no, being with not. a lot of people. <laughs> so, or music or dancing or being the center of attention. Yeah. Like a lot of people just do not want to be looked at. Like they just don't want to be, you know, like the center of attention for what like it feels inauthentic to a lot of people like yeah. to go in front of so many people and to like so openly share your emotions like that's incredibly intimate for a lot of people i'm so curious about that dynamic between the person and the partnership going through it for the second time and if their partner is their first i just like i'm imagining so much conflict and how hard that must be i don't know yeah i often find this to be a very gendered thing and like mm. i hate focusing on that because like obviously other couples don't always look like you know heterosexual couples but like you know what i find is like there is usually one person in the couple who is more invested in the wedding uh, experience overall you, occasionally we get these incredible couples who divide and conquer or who come together and you know work on every aspect of the wedding together which I love you know everybody on my team loves that when you have a couple who are equally interested in the experience and like excited that's great or if you have a couple who's like well they are very excited about these categories and I am very excited about these categories and we're going to divide and conquer that's also great when you get a couple where one person is really excited about this moment and the other person couldn't give two shits, it's awful. It is awful. Like, mm. first of all, like the person who doesn't care is always, you know, forced to be there or just doesn't show up. So you can see that the stress really weighs heavily on the person who does care because they're carrying the load of this like big experience. Or if they do show up, the person who doesn't care it's like pulling teeth. You're like, I know you don't give a shit about this. I know you don't want to be here. I know there's a million other things that you want to do. But like, you know, this person really cares. And we're trying to create something special here. So like, can we get your buy-in a little? You know, it'd be really nice if you could just buy in a little. So that's really challenging. And that's usually the dynamic when one person has been previously married and the other person has not. And it's often like, well, I'm doing it for them. I'm only doing this for them because they haven't had it before and they deserve it or whatever. And it's like, if that's the case, like if you're really doing it for them and then like show up and do it for them in a positive way and not like we're pulling teeth. And so that can be challenging as a wedding planner. Like I know many wedding planners out there who would commiserate with me on this point, whether or not the person's been married before or not. Like if there's one person who's just not into it, it's like, please like either don't come or if you are going to come like please just like buy in or or get involved or you know don't act like you'd rather be a million other places yeah it's challenging yeah i can only imagine and like and i often think about like god what do they talk about after we hang up the zoom call like you know does one person turn to the other person and say like why are you so fucking rude like why didn't you say anything like what kind of conflict does that create you know, yeah. like outside of meeting with professionals. And that's what where I think the hard part is for couples when they're planning their wedding. Like if there is a disconnect in what it means to each person, mm. then there's going to be conflict in the planning experience because one person is never going to believe in the investment. That's true. So what do you think 
people getting married for a first time can learn from couples getting married uh, a second time or vice versa. Yeah. So I think people getting married for the first time can learn from previously married couples that there needs to be thought given to what is actually the most important part of the day for you. I think that the ceremony is often overlooked as being the most important part of the day. And truly, when it comes down to a wedding, like the actual wedding is the exchange of vows and the commitment made to one another. The rest of it is actually, you don't actually need it to get married. So I think that by sort of shifting our focus or turning inward to our partner and saying, What's actually the most important part of our day here? Like, what should we be investing our time and energy and money into? I think it can give you greater perspective because like nobody gives a shit what your, like, even though I love a beautiful menu, nobody gives a shit what your menus look like long-term. Like the whole point of the day is we're starting marriage. And I think that second time around couples, they get that. Mm. What could second time around couples learn from first time around couples? I think that the, the thing is like, it's that we still want to celebrate you. We understand that this is your second go at our marriage. And I think a lot of the times people just think like a wedding day is just, you know, you maybe don't need it or you do need it for whatever reason you come to the agreement that you are going to get married for a second time. Uh, but I think a lot of the time we lose that celebratory feel to it because we're protecting ourselves. Like if it didn't work out the first time, there's probably a lot that's attached to that, you know, uh, there's probably a lot that we, you know, maybe we're worried that the second marriage is going to fail or maybe we don't want to make it such a big thing because like we don't want to burden our family and friends, etc. No, like we want to celebrate that you found love again and that you're moving forward with your life and that you have another thing to be excited for in your life and like it deserves a celebration too. So don't shy away from that. Even if the celebration looks smaller, that's cool. That's totally fine. If the celebration looks different than the first time, that's fine. But it is still worthy of celebration. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I think that's, I think that's true. I think that if I had any hesitance about getting married a second time, it would be my own concerns about people taking it seriously. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I, and I and I hear that from my friends, too, who are on to new relationships. It's like, oh, they're just, you know, I've had multiple breakups and nobody's going to care. No, we care. We want what's best for you. If people love you, they want to celebrate you. Thank you so much to Lindsay for joining me for this chat. I appreciate our conversation so much. I am also eternally grateful to my dedicated contingent, my real Ds, my Patreon members. I appreciate your support so much. Cheers to Jacob, Dana, Rachel, Sophie, Greta, Julian, Naomi, Bailey, Danielle, Cody, Nadine, Deanna. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Wow, I almost can't do that all in one breath anymore. I'm still on the same breath. Thank you.
You too can get a shout out on an episode added to my close friends list on Instagram and other little tidbits by becoming a Patreon member. Check out the link in the show notes. In between episodes, join the growing community of bees on Patreon or on Instagram at BigDPod. Credit for writing, production, editing, mixing, etc. It all goes to me, your host, Miranda. Thank you to all of my friends who believed I could and I can, so I did and I do.